0: I'm going to be sharing over the next few weeks several things that are coming up in the life of our church for 2015. The truth is, not just in your life, but in the life of a congregation, there are changes that happen with any new year. Now, my guess is that many of you in this room have already made some sort of New Year's resolution. You may not have called it that. I find that the older you get, the fewer New Year's resolutions you make. Is that right? For one, I think it's because we've given up that we'll ever keep them. I think that's one reason. Maybe we're less hopeful. I don't know what it is. But we make fewer resolutions. But my guess is that every one of us in the room would like something to be different in 2015. Am I right? Something to be different. And so what we're going to be talking about over these next few weeks, I am very excited about. This series we're calling Canvas is not just another series, it's an opportunity for a fresh start and to look beyond our lives as they are for what they can be. But what I know is that many of us have hang-ups about moving forward in life. Many of us struggle with the belief that things can be any different than they are. Some of you may be in a place where you're wondering Does God have anything for me in my future? Because I've been waiting and I'm not seeing it. And what I hope that you'll find over these next few weeks is no matter where you are in life, there is a masterpiece to be found within the days that you live. There is a masterpiece that is your life if you choose to paint it. So we're going to be doing some fun things. And for those of you who have been at Journey for a while and you've seen us sometimes do these fun things on stage, some of you are already giddy with excitement because you know almost every one of them goes wrong. And someone, usually me, is highly embarrassed. And a lot of you cannot wait. You're looking forward to that. You have your phones out ready to video and it's going to hit Facebook before the last song is done. I I mean, I recognize that. But in planning through the first part of this year with our teaching team, who are those people that come together and teach from from time to time and myself, we wanted to be able to not only present an opportunity for you to have a fresh start, but to see how you can get past some of the obstacles that you may be dealing with. What's going to be going on in the next few weeks, I think, can be pivotal for all of us. And some of the things that you're going to have an ability to address and change will be significant for your life from this point forward now in order for this to work we have to understand our lives in a little different context and the way that we normally view them often we view our lives based on the events in which we live good events bad events hopes and dreams that were accomplished hopes and dreams that are still out there And what I want you to do throughout these next few weeks is begin to understand your life as a picture. And the backdrop of your life is a canvas that is waiting to be painted. Now, I don't care where you are. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how set in your ways people in your family say you are, even though you disagree with them. There is opportunity for change. Now, one of the things that I do in journey and outside of journey is I operate in a creative world. I'm constantly every day creating something for someone, whether it be graphics, whether it be websites. I am constantly in a process of creation. And it's one of the things that can only be attributed to God because I am not that creative of a person. The fact that this is part of what I do with my life is really, truly amazing. And along the way, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of really creative folks. And it's amazing how different people are from each other. There are some people that create, and they would look at an open canvas like this, and they would simply daydream about what this could be. And so in their mind, they figure out, this is what I want it to be, and they lay out the lines, and they're able to imagine that. And then they go to putting on the canvas what's already in their mind. It's amazing that people can do that and it's one of the ways that i tend to work myself i think through what i want it to be and then i make it now there are other people that create in a completely different capacity for them they are crazy creative and it's amazing some of the stuff they come up with and what they do is they just kind of get started with no idea where they're going to end up right and so they just start painting or they just start creating Or they just start writing or they just start snapping pictures or they do whatever way they express their creativity And they just get started and they wait to see how the end product is going to be Now for me, even though i'm a planner and then I set out, you know to go create what i've planned There's still a very large element of well. It's going to be what it's going to be in the end, right? Because i'm not that good We all create in different ways now, for some of you, you struggle with the idea of a blank canvas because you do not feel like the canvas of your life is blank and ready to be painted. Instead, what you see as you look over your life are a list of events and activities, failures and successes. And many times we allow the canvas to be filled with all of the failures that we've had in life, the mistakes that we've made, the regrets that we have. And so when we think about doing something new, something different, something that God could do that is amazing in your life that you may not have experienced yet, we begin to question, is that possible? Because I'm not sure that I haven't already messed up my canvas, so much so that nothing can be done with this. Would you, would you find it interesting that some of the greatest masterpieces that sit in museums today were not the first painting to sit on the canvas on which it resides. In other words, many of the great artists through time would paint a picture, didn't like it, and start it over. If we were able to take some of the great paintings in history and put them out for some kind of expert to come away and peel away each layer of paint what you will find on many of our most sacred treasures is that there were other paintings lying underneath. Because they knew something that many of us struggle with. And that is that any canvas can be remade. Any canvas can be remade. It doesn't matter what your history is. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how often someone has told you you'll never be any better than you are. Every canvas can be remade. As we go through and as we look at uh, several different scriptures this morning, if you're going to take notes, follow along on you version if you would like. As Richard mentioned, we're having some crazy glitches and 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 things happening this morning. Our, one of our projectors has gone out. A string broke, although I couldn't tell. I'm sure Richard could tell. I couldn't tell. But the string broke uh, and I'm going to paint something. So it, there's lots of opportunity for things to go wrong this morning. But as we begin to go through this, when we begin to understand that our lives are like a canvas, I want to begin with everyone recognizing that your life is a canvas that has an amazing story to tell. Your life has a, has a story to tell, and it can be amazing, even if you think otherwise. The truth is, when we're young, we all view our lives somewhat like a blank canvas, don't we? Some of us have already thought, if I could go back in time, I would love to go back in time. If I could start over, I would start over. If I knew then what I knew now, I would have done things differently. But when you're kids, do you not have this imagination of what a blank canvas your life is and what you want to do with it? Early on, we just have images. We don't really know what it takes to live life or what we're going to have to do. And so we just kind of imagine. We just kind of picture the things that it could be. We we begin to think about the kind of jobs that we would have, the kind of families that we would have, the kind of lifestyles that we would live. We begin to imagine these things. For some of you, you wanted to be highly successful in business. For others of you, you just wanted a family and you wanted to have those wonderful cookie cutter moments where they're sitting around the counter and you're just providing them warm, you know, cookies and milk when they get home from school. We all have different pictures of what this perfection is. We all have an idea when we're young of what we want our lives to be. Now, the interesting thing is that in every one of mine, and I'm not really good at this kind of thing. In fact, I'm going to show you the kind of brushes that I brought up here. This is a cut-in brush because that's the only painting I do. I recognize of the people in this room are are really good at this. And uh, just don't judge me is what I'm going to ask you to do. What I've learned about my life and about the hopes that I have had when I picture my future. I never picture my future in a dark, dreary, rainy day. Does anybody else? Now, some of you may. Some of you may picture your future in a dark, dreary day. And the only reason that you would do that is if you've had some very dark, dreary days in your life. Out of the womb, no one enters life expecting it to be bad. No one does. Everybody expects life to be good out of the womb. It's our experiences that begin to change this. And so in every one of the pictures of my life... I imagine that it is a nice, sunny day. It's why I don't mind that it gets cold in the winter when that cold front brings in the sun. It doesn't bother me at all. I never imagined my life being with stark, dark storm clouds. I don't ever expect it to be a miserable day. I'm going to knock this off, which is par for the course for me. But instead, what I picture is a sunny day, a blue sky full of lots of opportunities that may come my way. I remember when I was a kid, I remember watching movies and watching TV shows, and I remember seeing people that were highly successful at work, and I remember thinking, that's what I want to do. Part of what I imagined was that I would live in New York, I would live in a penthouse apartment, and whatever whatever the latest sports car was, that is what I would drive. Well, there's my sky not very good but it's blue so far I've painted exactly what I wanted to paint now every happy day requires something else what is that thank you see how good I am you already know where I'm headed you can already tell what I'm painting this is amazing. I hope we're recording this. The sun, you've got to have the sun. Although our sun's going to end up green because it's mixing with the blue. But you've got to have the sun. What are y'all laughing at? Hey, Sean, we, we also need a new projection volunteer. As soon as possible. All right. So it starts off. Now I want you to just, just for a minute here. I want you just for a minute to begin thinking about what were your hopes and dreams when you were a child? When you pictured your life out 5, 10, 15 years, what did you imagine it would be like? Now, some of you in the room, let's let's be honest, you, you've, you've had some very difficult things happen in life. You had a dream. Something tragic happened and the dream changed. For some of you, the circumstances of your childhood may have been horrific. And so you, at an early age, stopped painting blue skies. Because you began to expect bad things to happen very early on. Now, if you're fortunate, you're surrounded by people that are constantly encouraging you, constantly looking to help you be happy, help you be better. Someone who is constantly there to say, you are going to be okay and you are going to have an awesome life. But some of you are not. What I'm going to paint here is more figurative because a lot of my hopes and dreams had nothing to do With being outside. So this is my yard now when I was a kid my yard was going to be somewhere uh, probably about 15 acres and all but about a half acre would be filled with my mansion (laughs) they would have a bowling alley a coke machine and a whole bunch of video games because I, when I was a kid, I didn't know any better. And so I began to paint this picture of what my life would be. Along the way, things happen, don't they? Along the way, things that we never expected to happen do happen. When we were early in our marriage, and when Deidre was pregnant with our first child, it didn't make it. That was never in my picture, Right? And along the way my picture would change or it could, right? Along the way some of you found that the job that you wanted to go after that you trained for, that you spent thousands of dollars on a college education, you found, you know what? There's no there's no future in this. There's nowhere for me to go in this. The boss comes in and he says, "Thank you for all you've done." But we don't need you anymore. Bad things happen. Along the way, I begin to understand that we all have consequences for our lives, don't we? We all make mistakes. And some of those mistakes we can recover from, some of the mistakes it feels like we can't recover from. And so as we begin to look at our own lives and we begin to understand the context of our lives through the lives of Jesus we begin to understand that, you know what, I've got these little pockets around my picture that are really pretty ugly. I said some really horrible things to somebody. I did some terrible things at work that I wish I hadn't done. I made some mistakes at home and I'm feeling the consequences from them. And while some of you are thinking, I love abstract stuff, When you begin to understand that your life is often painted through our mistakes and our tragedies and our hardships, we begin to look at what we hoped it would be and we find that the picture of our life isn't really all that great. I mean, that's great for, you know, if my kids had painted that when they were babies. But if that's the way my life looks as an adult, I don't feel so great about this. And many of us deal with this in our lives. Whenever we think that we know where we're going to go, we think we know what we're going to do, we think we know what God has in store for us, and then we find out we really don't know where we're going. What was once a canvas full of hope, it honestly becomes a shattered mess. And for some of you this morning, you feel your canvas is a shattered mess. And you wonder, where can you go from here? You wonder, what can you do from here? Where can I head? And the Bible doesn't really help here. It doesn't really make us feel better about ourselves. Whenever I'm in busy painting my picture, Proverbs 19.3 says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they're angry at the Lord. Yeah, I really didn't need that proverb to tell me that. I knew that to be true just in my own self-reflection. We mess up our own lives and we blame it on God. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. The truth is, every time I paint a picture, it's going to look like this because I can't paint. But as I look at my life, every time I try to determine where my life's going to go, it's going to be a mess every time because my ability to see the world as it truly is is faulty my ability to understand and to navigate what's coming down the road it is faulty our perspective of the world and our lives is faulty In 1 Corinthians, it describes it like this. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. One day, now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now, what we could do this morning is I could ask several people to come up here and say, okay, could you describe for us in detail Mistakes that you had made that you wish somebody would have stopped you from. In fact, some of us are still blaming other people for not stopping us from making those mistakes. But all of us at some point in our lives... ...can point to a time when we wish someone had kept us from doing that. It would have saved us from pain. It would have saved us from embarrassment. It would have saved us from ridicule. It would have salvaged a relationship. It would have salvaged the future I had hoped for if someone had just stepped in and stopped me. And the reason that is, is because every one of us can only see the world through a very foggy lens... Now, you think this is bad. Put a blindfold on and see how bad it is. And yet what Scripture tells us is we are all living lives as if we were blind, as if we can't see, as if we can't truly comprehend what is. there's no way we can plan or paint the picture of a life that we would consider a masterpiece. There's no way that we can do that. What I want to leave with you today is this. There is great power, great power in knowing what shape your canvas is in. See, even though an artist will come over and paint over an old canvas, they have to know what shape the canvas is in. They've got to know what they need to do. Do they need to paint over it with a color? Do they just begin to adjust what they've already done. They've got to know what shape their canvas is in. For some of you, your canvas is great. It is perfect. You are on top of life. This is exactly what you hope for. For some of you, your, your canvas, it needs work. You know it needs work. It's not so bad. It's better than a lot of people you know, but your canvas needs work. It's really not all that great. The backdrop by which your life will be written is really okay, but not not great. But yet others of you, you feel that your canvas will never work. The canvas is too ugly. It's too messed up. Canvas can never be a backdrop for a masterpiece. It's not good for anything. And whether somebody told you that or whether you told yourself that, that is never true. You will never orchestrate a plan that will allow you to have a perfect and pristine canvas in which to paint your perfect masterpiece. You will never make it happen on your own. And the harder you try, the worse it will get. You'll never do it on your own. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, talking about the things that mess up our lives. You were dead in your trespasses dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. By the way, this means there are different courses you can follow. There's a course of this world. As a child, I totally thought about my future based on the course of this world. I looked at other people. I, I compared myself to other people. I compared my canvas to their canvas. And ultimately, I wanted my canvas to be better than their canvas. I wanted other people to want my canvas, right? As a child, I didn't understand that. But yet, even now, as I look back, I knew there were different courses your life could take. We were following the course of this world, this hidden, foggy, dimly lit picture. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, who does that not include? And we all, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And were by nature children of wrath. Like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. Christ. And yet, many of us are still trying to make ourselves alive together without him. We're trying to surround ourselves with people that make us feel good. We're trying to orchestrate our jobs, our checkbooks, and our free time in a way that makes us enjoy our lives. And we're trying to do it ourselves. And our canvas is messy. The masterpiece, the older we get, it's not all that great. Not a masterpiece. Nobody's going to want this. But he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For some of you who memorize scripture, you know this one. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is none of your own doing. This is my own doing. Your life is your own doing. This rescue, this masterpiece, this picture that God wants to paint will not be of my or your doing. It can never be of our doing. It is the, what is it? Gift of God. It is a gift of God. It's not a result of works. It's not a result of me painting the way I want it to. It's not a result of me orchestrating the events of my life the way that they must line up. It's not about me demanding the life I'm going to live, demanding the job I'm going to have, demanding the family as I want it to be. It's not a result of what I do. Because as we read in Proverbs, what I do creates a mess. It's not by what we do. It's not by our works. Because if that were possible, verse 9 goes on to say, so that no one may boast. Because if it were up to me, I could judge your life based on mine. And I could say whether your life was worthy or not based on how it compared to mine. Because look at what I did. And aren't those fun people to be around? Because they do exist not about our works so that anybody can boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand which god prepared beforehand let that sink in which god prepared beforehand even before i pictured what my life would be god prepared something before. No matter how hard I tried to get what I wanted, God had already prepared something else beforehand. You see where this is going? Do so we have a couple of courses to take here. Our canvas is going to be painted. There's no not painting on the canvas. There's no wrapping it up in plastic, throwing it in the corner and pretending like I'm just always at neutral. That doesn't happen. That's not the way life works. There's going to be a picture on that painting, on that canvas. It's, it's not going to stay clean and pristine. And if you really want to be theologically accurate, it was never clean and pristine. But we have some courses in which we can take. 2015 offers in what feels like a new something new even though we're going to continue, many of us, with the exact same schedule and the exact same lives that we left 2014. But it doesn't have to be. I want you to begin believing. I want you to begin understanding that God can be painting something amazing for you in the coming days. That where your life has been going, maybe God wants to continue some of that. He usually does not change everything. Many things continue on, but he will change some significant things. If we let him. If we give him control. If we let him begin to move the brush strokes of our lives. Things can be different. The real question is, do you believe that? I told you there's real power in being able to know what shape your canvas is in. There's real power in being able to assess what's going on in your life. There's real power in being able to interpret the events of your life in a correct way. There is power in that because many people will lie to themselves their entire life. They will lie to themselves. There's real power in being able to say, this is true. This is real. This is what is happening. There is power in knowing the shape of your canvas. Along the way, when things go wrong, we begin to think, maybe things aren't working out so well. For some of you, obviously, God plays some role for that. You're here. Whether it's something that influences every moment of your life or it's something that you spend on Sundays. But here's what I've noticed in working with people over the years is that when we look at our canvas, oftentimes what we will do I'm going to use yellow because my yellow didn't work out so well. Often, what we will do is instead of giving God control of the canvas, we begin to mark off pieces. Okay, God, I think you're good. I think you have a plan. I think you want to do something. Here you go. Here's your corner of the canvas. Create a way. Rescue me, fix this problem, make me happy. All those things that didn't happen, make them happen. Here's your corner, God. (laughs) Oftentimes this corner is Sunday mornings. We come to church on Sunday mornings. We clean up, we pray on Sunday mornings. We might read the Bible a little bit so we don't feel like, well, I didn't read it for, you know, all week, but I'll give it a little bit of time here on Sunday. Okay, God, transform me in this corner. Make this a masterpiece worth millions so I can have that mansion I wanted in this corner. There's never been a picture that sold for millions because of the corner. (laughs) Except maybe because that's where their signature was. (laughs) Okay, God, right here. All right, God. Okay, so you want a little more? I got another corner. Look at me. Mark over there, he's only given you one corner. I've given you two. <laughs> Which is why some of you stop going to church where you started going to church. And some of you aren't sure you want to still come here. I'm better than them. Oh, yeah. Well, the pastor's got three corners covered. So he should teach. And tell people how to give God their corners. And all the time, the picture's not changed. Because we give him a little corner to work with. Or we say, okay, God, I'm committed. I love you. I'm going to do this thing. Look, I'm giving you my life. Well, that didn't really do anything. Nothing happened. Wait, God, I'm committed. I'm giving you my life. Well, now it just seems messier. Because we haven't really given him our life. Instead, we've stayed in control the whole time. See, God's not in the business of taking the corner of our life and creating a masterpiece. He's not in the business of taking the leftover while we continue to control the main part of our lives ourselves. That's not how God works. And until you understand the shape that your canvas is in, you may not know where the next step is for you. That's why it is so important to know where you are. Now, I cannot schedule 30 minutes with you and tell you where you are. That's not how this works. There's not a diagnostic formula. There's not a checklist. There's not a, well, you gave so much money to people. gave gave so much money away. You attended so many church services. You read your Bible so many times. There's no formula to be able to determine how much of your life has been given to Christ. But this is what he says about those Who give up this way of living. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore if anyone is in Christ. He is a what? New creation. The old has passed away. Behold the new has come. How many of you. Who would in a moment. Go back to an earlier time of life. To do things over. Would just hunger. For something new right now. In your life. Psalm 32a says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. If we let God take control instead of us trying to have control. Luke 12, 27 describes what God does with those who have no choice but to give him control. And it says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, or if God so paints their picture, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he do it for you? Because he loves you. Oh, you of little faith. Don't seek what you are to eat, what you are to drink. Don't organize those brushstrokes yourself. Don't picture your own life masterpiece through your own eyes. Don't try to orchestrate the perfect life all by yourself. Don't seek what you're to eat, what you're to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom. These things will be added to you. Paraphrase. Let him paint your picture, and it will be glorious. What shape is your canvas in? Here's the good news. I I consider... Getting a big bucket of white paint and getting a paint roller because that's really what I'm better at, and just painting over this whole thing with a white roller. But I thought that's not really accurate. (laughs) It's not really an accurate picture. Not really an accurate picture of what God does or what God wants to do because some of you, this is where you are. These black lines, that's where you live right this moment, and you feel your life is black. For some of you, it's the red, it's the tragedies, it's the hard things and you can't get past them and you're angry about them and you're mad at God because he let them happen and you can't see past this stuff. If I were to be able to just paint over this and it be just this perfect white canvas again, that would completely ignore the fact that God can't work with what we were before. God has to create something new in us. And so no matter where you are in life, this is not your canvas. It doesn't have to be. It may be right now at this moment. But what God wants to do, because he loved you and he sent his son for you, what he wants to do is give you a new canvas. Now, the thing is, when I became a Christian, I did not stop making mistakes, right? And I did not forget all the bad things that happened in life. I still remember them. They're still there. But I don't have to live there. I don't have to stay here. I looked at my canvas and it was wanting. Not the life I wanted. And Jesus has promised a new one. For those of you in the room looking for change, looking for something, some of of you in the room going through tragedy right at this very moment, understand that this is what Jesus provides. And yet we still have to choose who will then paint the strokes. We still have to decide paint the strokes will i get started here just like i did before i'm gonna end up in the exact same place every time or will i let something different happen will i let god do something different jesus will not clean up your canvas he will give you a new one that is what he did for us i'm going to leave you with this question what shape is your canvas in? You're going to need to begin thinking about that this next week when you come back next week because we have something else planned for next week. What shape is your canvas in right now? Are you content with it? Going to stay in it? You're going to live in that one? Or are you going to do something different? I'm going to read one last psalm to you, Psalm 32 love this psalm. It's a picture of what happens when we submit to God's leadership, when we confess our sins, and when we believe that Jesus died for us so that we could be forgiven and we could have a clean slate. It says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. That is the hope of a clean, fresh hand. And no matter where you are right now, that hope is offered to you. Some of you, you, you've accepted this hope. You're still kind of stumbling through at times. I'm really good. I say, God, go after it. Usually that's after I give up because I've screwed it up so much. God, do it. Sometimes I take control again. Then I got to back him and say, God, you got to fix, 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 because I've screwed it up again. And what's amazing is God never promised that you'll never have a black mark or a red mark on, on your canvas. He never promised there won't be a tragedy or something hard or something disappointing. Never promised that would happen. But he promised that through it all, we would be blameless and we would walk with him. And one day, one day after going through this life of constantly day after day choosing which course we're going to take, God's course, my course, and for some of us, someone else's course that wants to lay out our lives for us. After a long life, choosing which course we're going to live. We will enter the finish line and we will see Jesus and that will all be over. There will be no more black marks. There will be no more red marks. It will just be Jesus and us and it will be glory. I want to pray with you. I want to offer for those of you in this room that maybe, you know, this is a new way to see the, the gospel. You're ready for that fresh canvas. We'd love to either talk with you. We'd love to give you an opportunity to, to know Jesus right now and in this place. For some of you, you you have made that choice at one time in your life. But right now, you feel so messed up. You don't know where, where you're headed. And I want you to know, God did not change. His promises have not changed. And he can still do miraculous things in your life. If you want to make that decision today to follow him, you can do that. If you want to take your hand off the brush and say, God, take it, you can do that make that choice i hope you'll join us next week because next week we're going to start getting into some more practical things about okay so how do i who does take the brush but for this week as you go through your week don't give god a corner don't just think about him when you get in the car and then not think about him again until you get in the car to come back i want you to consider what shape your canvas is in and what can God do? Father, God, I thank you for the miraculous ways that you bring healing to broken lives. God, I thank you that no matter how many mistakes I've made, no matter how many marks that have messed up the canvas, God, you still have a way to make everything clean and fresh and you still can paint a masterpiece with my life. God, I know you can do that with every one of us. Lord, I pray for those in this room that right now they need a fresh start. And yet they're in the middle of something right now that they don't know when that will end. And so they're not sure when a fresh start is possible. Yet you can give them a fresh start right now. Right now we see dimly this world that we live in. We can't see all the detail. We can't truly see the way things are like you can. Pray that you would just bring hope to those who have begun to give up. God, I pray that you would hear the prayers of those who are saying this morning, God, forgive me for my sins. Thank you for your gift of grace. Make me a new creation because of Jesus Christ. Father, hear their prayer. You have promised that when we say that, that you give us your spirit, that we will be changed forever. And that you can, when we give you control, paint a masterpiece of our lives. God, I thank you for all that you've given us. I thank you for this opportunity for a fresh start in a new year. God, help us know exactly where we are so we can begin moving positive, healthy ways. We ask all this in Jesus' name.